Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. <laughs> Today we are going to study the Prophet Malachi, that is the Prophet Malachi, chapter 2b. That's the second half of chapter 2. I'm going to start from verse 10. If you remember, the last, uh, the first portion of the um, chapter 2 discussed Malachi's criticism of the Kohanim, of the priests, and the fact that they did not take their job seriously. He talked about what the priests represent and should represent, and unfortunately, the level to which they have sunk. Today, Malachi is going to turn his attention to all of the people. And today, he is going to discuss a very interesting subject, the subject of intermarriage, which is, of course, a very um, timely subject for those of us today that live in the uh, diaspora and the Jewish exile, intermarriage is, of course, a big topic. And one of the um, issues that's frequently discussed regarding the subject of intermarriage is that um, many, with a more liberal-minded attitude, would say, why in the world should there be a problem with intermarriage? Aren't we all God's children? Shouldn't we all get along? What is wrong if a Jewish man or woman, for that matter, were to marry out of the faith, so to speak, someone of not, uh, someone who's not Jewish. Now, Malachi deals with this question directly, and um, there are many, many, many approaches to this, to these coming verses that we're about to study together today. When you look through the commentaries, you'll see that everyone comes, including, of course, myself, comes to study these passages with all sorts of preconceived notions and preconceived ideas as to what the verses should say, and then that, of course, influences how they read the verses. I'm going to try my best to be as faithful as possible to the actual meanings of the words themselves and read what Malachi is trying to tell us. But I'm going to admit up front that I, of course, do bring my own biases in. I can't help it. But I'm still trying, at the best of my ability, to be direct, to read the words of the prophet directly. And we will learn very interesting lessons as to um, the meaning of, of the brotherhood of all mankind. And the problem, what happens when a person who believes in God, one who, one who at least uh, professes to be a monotheist and worship God, marries someone and go, get, uh, who does not, who is a pagan, who worships other gods, who has completely different religious beliefs. And so let's read the first verse, uh, verse 10 of this part of the chapter. Is it not true that there is only one father to all of us? So we have to read this as a dialogue. And as we've seen so far in this book of Malachi, he employs this method of a dialogue between the people and God. And of course, the prophet is, is the one telling us of this dialogue, but he employs this method of, of making it a dialogue between the people and God. So here the people are speaking. We all have one father, all human beings. There was only one God who created us all. He's espousing the idea of brotherhood of man. This is what the people say. Why is it that... And now, these words may be... Um, the, and why is it that one man 
Is it rebelling against the other? Why is it? Now, it, it's hard to understand what this means when the people are asking this question in the context of what the, this entire uh, paragraph we're about to read is discussing. Like, why are the people asking? Why is it that one man rebels against the other? This is not the prophet um, berating the people and saying, or criticizing the people and saying, you guys are fighting with each other. That's not what's going on here. Here it's the people talking about how we all have one God. Why is it that, it's almost like the people are asking, why is it that our marriages have not worked out? Why is it that our lifestyle has led to strife rather than leading to peace? By intermarrying and by living together with all of these other people who do not espouse our values, that's crucial, which we'll see in a moment, right? Why is it that this is causing trouble and issues? And what it ends up is instead of creating peace, what it ends up is is that we are ruining the covenant we had with our father. We would have thought that this might, this would bring more love, this would bring more peace, this would bring more happiness, but instead it's bringing us away from the mission that we had. Our mission, the Brit Avuseinu, the covenant we had with our forefathers was the covenant we had special with God that was going to lead to the redemption, that was going to lead to peace in the world, that was going to lead to all of the people in the world worshiping God, but instead it's leading in the opposite direction. Now this is God speaking, because this is uh, this is not the, the people of Judah speaking. The people of Judah have rebelled. God says this action of theirs, this intermarriage with the other uh, people, with with daughters of other faiths, and what she has done is something disgusting in Israel, Yerushalayim, and in Jerusalem. Because Yehuda has profaned Kodesh Adonai, the holy God, Asher Ahav, that he used to love, or or those things which God loves. He has it depends on Asher Ahav that he loved. Whether that's he is referring to Yehuda or God, there's different interpretations. I'm reading that Yehuda. The, my 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 favorite reading here is, is that Yehuda has profaned that holy God that he, Yehuda, has loved. Yehuda is professing love for that God. And instead he went to Vo'al Bat El Nechor. He has went and he has lived with, he has married, he has um, created bonds with the daughter of a foreign God. So this is the crucial word here. We just said in the last verse, Hello, El Echod there was one God who created us all. How does one go and live with a woman who has an El Nechar. She is a daughter of an El Nechar. She is one who believes in and worships and the, a pagan God. She worships a God who is not God. She worships, in other words, you have went ahead and created bonds with someone who does not believe, who does not espouse, who does not live the values that you feel are important. And what that leads to and we'll see again this emphasized in the coming verses that leads to strife between husband and wife, between one family and another. Yichrat Adonai Leish. God will cut off. And now this is the prophet speaking because there's three people here. God will cut off that man, Asher Asena, that does this deed, Er Viona, any descendant, Me'ale Yaakov, from the tents of Jacob. Er Viona here is with an ayin, it's referring to the um, uh, children, the descendants of this family. They will be cut off from, 
from being part of the Jewish people, they will not be among those who bring offerings to the Lord God, God of hosts. Erviona, exactly how that translates, I'm going to leave that discussion aside now, but the commentaries in general, and then the scholars pretty much agree that over here it refers to descendants. Vizos Shainit, so here people claim that they, people are asking God, we don't understand, why does this leap? And then God makes it clear. You know, it's, people don't understand, we, we're all children of one God. Shouldn't this increase the brotherhood? Shouldn't this, but it, shouldn't this bring people closer to God? Shouldn't this be a fulfillment of our covenant? But instead God says, no, it's not. Why? Because she is in Bat El Nechar. If she was part of your faith, if she accepted upon herself and took upon herself to become part of your people and be and believe in and practice a life of serving and worshiping that one God, then yes, that would not be a Bat El Nechar, but she's not. And when you marry and when you build relationships with someone who does not come who does not believe in your fundamental values, more importantly, does not live those fundamental values, what you create instead, no matter how much nice words you want to talk about, peace and love and everyone being a child of one, in her mind, she's not, in, in both of your minds, you are daughters and sons of different gods, and therefore what you end up creating is the opposite. You end up creating people turning away from God, you end up creating strife. Is this this message is going to be hammered in now, so pay attention to the rest. And then what do you do? Once you have this created thing, now this is God speaking. We went from the people speaking to God speaking to the prophet speaking. Now this is God speaking. You go, what do you do? Second, first you go and you marry someone and you try to build a life with someone who doesn't share your values. Then you go and you start covering the altar of God with tears. You start crying and crying. Why isn't it, why aren't things working? Things aren't good. Why is it that God doesn't look at our offerings? Why doesn't he pay attention to our prayers? Why doesn't he take these offerings which are supposed to create a bond, we're supposed to create ratzon, supposed to create a, a good relationship between us and God, but instead our prayers, our service, our worship is nothing. And you continue to say, you start to blame, rather than looking at yourself and your life choices as the cause of the problem, you start saying that the, the reason is um, because God is coming between you, between you and your wife. You blame it on God. You blame it on the religion. You say there's something wrong with the Judaism that you were taught. There's something wrong with the religion. And this is why my marriage isn't working. This is why there's strife between me and my wife. But really, God tells us, you are the one that rebelled against her. Here's the key thing here. It is not just for your well-being that this marriage wasn't a good idea to begin with. Not just for your um, belief and worship in God, but for her as well. This was wrong. She is your love. She is the one with whom you made a covenant of marriage. You have a responsibility to her, but you entered into the wrong one. You have a responsibility to make her happy, but you have rebelled against her, but instead you blame the problem on God. You say that it's his fault. He's not listening to your prayers. Is it not true that it was the world was created by one? 
God, Usha'ar, Ruach, Lo, and all of the spirits of the world, all, all of the life in the world is God's. Umaho echad mivakesh zera Elohim, zera Elohim. And what is it that God is searching for? What does He want? He wants that the people, all people of the world, should be children of God. Vinishmartem biruchachem. I want you to be careful with your souls, God says. Yes, it is true that I am one God. And yes, it is true that I want all people to be Zerah Elohim, to be come uh, part of, of, of this unity and all come and worship me and live the life that I am asking people to live. And therefore, I am asking you to be careful with yourselves and with your lives. And I am asking you not to rebel against the woman who you married in your youth. Which is why, because I hate it, God says, when people get divorced. I hate it when marriages get broken up. Amar Adonai so says the Lord God. And what happens when this divorce happens? What happens when these marriages get ruined and wrecked because they were bad ideas to begin with? What the person is, is, is trying to do, he's trying to cover up the oppression, which is so obvious it's on his cloak. Because bad marriages, marriages between people that have completely different outlooks on life and completely different understandings of the purpose of life and completely different understandings of things as fundamental as this end up being Hamas, they end up being relationships of oppression. Without, instead of two people working together, they are Hamas, and the oppression is so obvious, but the person is try, still tries to cover it up by making a divorce and by saying that it's some other reason, like we just said, it's God's fault, it's religion's fault, it's someone else's fault, but really it was his fault for making this choice to begin with. Amar Adonai also says the Lord God, I want you to be careful with your Ruach. Remember, I just said before, all of the spirits, all of the um, life in the world, of the entire world, is His, belongs to God. But you have your own Ruach. And again, God says, by being careful with who you create these marriages with, in such a way you are careful with your own special spirit. You have a special mission. And when you marry, in order to make sure that you don't have Hamas, that you don't have oppression in your marriage, that you don't have Begida, that you don't have re- rebellion in your marriage, make sure the Lotiv Godu, be careful with your own spirit and do not create this rebellion. Make sure you're careful with whom you create these liaisons. You have made God exhausted with all of your words. You bibble and babble and babble, but forget your words. What I need from you is action. I need from you to do what's right. And what do you say? What do you keep on saying? Why is it that we're so exhausted? Why? And I'm sorry. And then people answer God. What do you mean we make you exhausted? What do we do wrong? Well, I'll tell you what you're doing wrong. Because when you look at the world, you see everything backwards. You keep thinking, all of the people that are bad, those, apparently, God likes them because they're living well. This is true of the ultimate question of why is it that we see bad people, evil people prospering? Why do not we don't see the justice that we expect to see? And therefore we say, oh, and, and, and we keep questioning God's judgment on these kinds of matters. But also, we look and we say, those that are Oseira, meaning those that rail against these marriage choices of ours, 
they're bad because they are not subscribing to the ideal of we're all part of one family but they're but that's not true that's not true because they're not saying they're not saying this because they don't believe that we're all they're saying this because they realize that creating such liaisons such marriages only leads to destruction in the end and you keep thinking oh god wants all of those bad people Oh, you also keep on saying, where is the God of justice? I don't see justice. I don't see, you know, the people that I know are good. I don't see them getting rewarded. The people that I know are bad, I don't see them getting punished. Where is the God of justice? God tells us, I'm exhausted from these complaints. Stop complaining. I have my ways. Stop complaining to me. Thank you so much for studying chapter Malachi chapter 2b together. Looking forward to studying chapter 3 together. And of course, Mm -hmm. the entire book of Malachi.